Hello, this is Bill Lytell again with some wisdom for your walk. I'm going to talk about a very sensitive subject today, and that is how to deal with uh, 12, 13, and 14 year old children, especially girls, <clears throat> in your house. Excuse me. Uh, the Bible talks about specifically to the bishops, of course, in 1 Timothy chapter 3 uh, about the qualifications of the bishop. Uh, let me try to also speak a little bit more more detail about this. Uh, in verse 4 there it says, One that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man know not how to rule his own house, how should he take care of the church of God? Let me talk to you about our responsibility as born-again believers to raise our children in the way it should go. Of course, you know Proverbs 22, 6, raise a child in the way it should go, and when he's old, they'll return. That is not a promise. That is a principle. Generally speaking, if you show the children the right way and they're consistent in it, compassionate in it, transparent in it, they'll see the genuineness of your faith. They may not accept it at the beginning, but eventually down the road, many of them, many of them turn to Christ. I am one of those, by the way that got right with God at 18 years old, was rebellious up to that time. And so it works. I saw my mom and dad have a consistent life, a real life. They weren't perfect people. They struggled. They sinned. They got up. They asked forgiveness. They asked me to forgive them if they did something wrong to me. And they, But they were stern and real, and they ruled. My dad ruled his house well and had us children, three boys, in a subjection with all gravity, with seriousness. I've been an administrator of Christian school for over around 30 years now, Gospel Baptist Christian School. We have a great school. It's uh, K-3 through 12th grade. We have numbers of teenagers come through. We've had people be doctors, medical doctors, and all kinds of professions do well in school. We use Bob Jones University curriculum, Pensacola curriculum. It's time-tested. It's not up for debate. The Christian school movement works. It's not up for debate. The Christian school movement is a responsibility of mom and dad not to expose their children to the heathen. Uh, the Bible commands us in, in Jeremiah chapter 10, verse, uh, I don't quite remember what verse that was. I think verse four or five verses there. talks about us learn not the way of the heathen. We're not supposed to learn the way of the heathen. It's wrong. It's sin for a parent. I believe this. It's sin for a parent to send their children to public school. Now, you may be offended by that, but please don't be. Please listen to me and think about it. The public schools full of teachers that are that are wicked, immoral, worldly, unsaved, uh, ungodly, full of wokeism, homosexuality thrives, transgenderism thrives, any philosophy almost contrary to the Bible thrives in the public system. How in the world? The, the, let me stop with that. The curriculum also is anti-God. It's, it's, it denies the Bible's uh, first 11 chapters of Genesis absolutely is a lie. It says we were evolved. And just goes on and it says many things that are just not true to the Word of God and contradicting the Word of God. And it does it with authority. They say they know more than we know, smarter than we are, have much many more people on their side than we have. So you take your little child, which is influenceable, and you put them in that system, that system, and you bake them, with his wickedness, and then expect them to come home for a few hours a night, and you're going to undo six, seven hours at school from a teacher who's got a Ph.D. or a master's degree. Maybe as a parent you don't even have a college degree. They have all the credibility. You have no credibility or very little credibility, and guess who's going to win?
about about 90% of the time they're going to win because uh, evil communication corrupts good morals. Evil company corrupts good morals, the Bible says in Corinthians 15. So you put your child, you cook your child in the public system, and you're probably going to come up with a bad uh, outcome for your child. They'll be infected with some thinking that they shouldn't have. And so as born-again believers, it's our responsibility to rule our house well, having our children in subjection. My dad would say simply, you eat my food, you live under my roof, you do what I tell you to do. That's, that's not unreasonable. That's very reasonable. Uh, you're being protected by the mom and dad. As a child, you should do what they tell you to do. Now, if you want to go out and make your own living, live on your own, be freestanding, 18 years old in our society, you get to do that. Bible, I think, freestanding time is 20 years old. But in, in this world, it's 18 years old. Well, go ahead and do it. My dad said, you want to go out and make your own living, go for it. And so it, and that sobered us up because that's not easy to do. I don't care who you are. The biggest problem I see and I wanted to share with you in this little podcast was when we see girls, especially girls, boys a little bit, but especially girls, get to be about 12, 13, 14. They come into a big surge of hormones. They begin to become females. Their female parts and things begin to be grown by this surge of hormones. It's a time of life when they become able to bear children. And maybe it lasts from 11 years old and some people all the way to 16 years old. But past 16 years old, they seem to level off, get some common sense, and some have some good thinking. But you are required as a born-again believer by God to protect those children when they're vulnerable from 11 to 15, 16 years old especially. Protect them from an atmosphere of immorality, an atmosphere of wickedness, an atmosphere of wokeism. Uh, so that they're not influenced and damaged by that. But what I see happen is a girl, a, little, a girl is affectionate towards her dad typically, and has her dad oftentimes wrapped around her little finger, and she'll, oh, daddy, please let me. And she's not, she's not, <laughs> she don't mind begging every day, day after day, like dripping water. She'll beg every day, please take me out of Christian school. Please put me in a public school where there's more children and where this is. And then, and then she'll complain about every little thing of, of the Christian school. I don't like this, or I don't like the uniform, or I don't like this, or they don't have activities. And you'll just hear, you'll hear 20, 30 different reasons why she shouldn't go to Christian school. She's in her most carnal time of life. Understand that. You're the adult. You're the mature one. You know the Bible. You know what's right. Do what's right. Do not give in to her at all. In fact, the way to have peace in your home is to shut the door completely upon any possibility of her getting her way. You need to look your child in the eye. You just set them down across from me. Look your child eyeball to eyeball and say, there is no possibility under no circumstances that you're going to go to a you're going to go to a public school system. You're going to the school system, the Christian school system I tell you to go to. And you're going to do what I tell you to do. When you turn 18, you'll do whatever you want to do. But you're going to do what I do, what I tell you to do in my home. Shut every possible door. That will create peace in your home. I've been around a while, 71 years old. Been a minister for years. Pastor for 43 years. It will bring peace in your home. If there is to be peace in your home, being absolutely uh, stern in the area of what's right will bring you peace, not waffling. Waffling will bring you day-to-day torture, day-to-day torment, 
fights, throwing fits, because they believe they're winning. If you give them a little hope that they're winning, they'll continue to beat on that door because they think they're every time they hit the door, it moves a little bit. Every time they, they, they have an argument, they think they may have won some ground, they'll continue to do it. You give them hope that they're winning. Take all hope away that they're winning because they don't have to win. The Bible says in, in 1 Timothy 3, 5, it says, um, for if a man know not how to rule his own house, how should he take care of the church of God? God said, if you're not responsible to rule your own house, how are you supposed to be a deacon? How are you supposed to be a pastor? How are you supposed to have authority in the church of God? It makes sense you can't. It makes sense you can't. So let me encourage your parent to stay by the stuff. Stay stern. Stay real. Stay what you know is right. Put your child, expose your child to the right things, the right curriculum, the right people, and, and, the, and the Word of God will do its work either now or when they get old, in principle, in vast majority, they'll come back to what you've taught them is right. If there's any hope of them coming back, it'll be if you stay by the stuff and do the right thing. I hope this is a little help for you and a little wisdom for your walk. Dad, don't give in to your daughter. You know what's right. Don't expose her to wickedness during her most vulnerable time of life. Protect her. Help her. And then when she gets older, she will turn around by the grace of God and thank you for helping her and protecting her. And you'll have a good time of raising your children rather than a horror, as I see so many people, so many dads that are waffling, are having with their children. God forbid that you uh, rely on the world's methodologies and not on the Bible. The Bible is time-tested. It works. You do what it says in the big picture You'll be right with God, and if there's she or, or your son is ever to be saved, they will through the Bible method. May God help you, a little wisdom for your walk.